You shouldn't put projects there just to fill up your portfolio. And I made this mistake when I started. And then I got um, I got people asking me, oh, I want you to do me a video like that one. Or I want you to do me um, a logo like that one. And I'm like, but I don't like that logo. I don't like that video. <laughs> I don't want to do you a, a similar video. I want to do you a better one. <laughs> like, uh, So... Yeah, don't put anything in there that you are not proud of. Hey there! If you want to get into UX design, freelancing or into any creative field really, then you've come to the right place. I'm Sofia, nice to meet you. And in this podcast, I share my own journey to becoming a UX freelancer. I share everything as I go through it so you can learn from my mistakes and be inspired to keep going no matter what because it will take a lot of hard work but remember we're in this together and we can grow much faster if we help each other out and learn from one another. I put out an episode every single Tuesday and you can join the conversation on Instagram via the polls and the questions that I put out there. And now let's get into this week's episode. Today I'm talking about how to build a design portfolio for beginners because I'm not uh, an expert at all on this Um, and this topic was chosen via the Instagram polls that I put out before I record each episode so if you want to be able to vote on that and to have a part on like to choose what I talk about in each episode episode in each week then go follow me there on instagram the link is in the episode description and watch the stories so that you can one vote in what i will talk about and two ask questions uh, about the topic that gets chosen and that's actually how i'm going to start this episode i'm going to answer first to your questions about creating design design portfolios so the first question i got was Uh, the best platforms for beginners to build the portfolio on and I wasn't actually thinking about um, speaking about this because I think it's really technical and it depends on how much how easy you can build a website for yourself because the best option is always to have your own website but there are a couple things that may be difficult for beginners which is one, you need to get a domain name. It's around like $15 per year. And you also need to get hosting, which can go, it can be a variety of, of values. But my hosting, for instance, it's a Portuguese company, WebHS, um, and it's uh, like 40, 40 euros a month, so like $50 a month, a year, I mean. And then you you need to invest uh, time to create the website. And if you don't have that much time or that much technical skill, then you need to also buy a template and then the cost adds up. And of course, it's worth the investment. Okay, I'm not saying it's not worth it. But if you are just starting out, maybe you should go with a platform that already has it done for you and that it's free. And then you can create your website at your own pace and not be like rushing through it just to put it online. Because if you are starting your freelance design business, then you need to have a portfolio online as quickly as possible. That is the biggest thing here. It's to get it out there. So to get it out there quickly, what I recommend is Behance. 
I started with a Behance portfolio. I got my first job uh, with a freelance, with a Behance portfolio, sorry. Um, a job to, like, my, my internship. When I started freelancing, I actually created a website using WordPress and plugin Elementor. I saw some tutorials and everything is free. WordPress is free and the plugin is free too. It has a free version, we see, which is enough for most cases. And I still use it until today. My website is built with that plugin. Um, but yeah, I started with Behance and it's perfectly fine to start because you, you can just create an account there and then uh, fill out your profile. You can put a, a picture, a description, and I will talk about this later uh, in a second question. And you can put there your your projects in um, like really easy, just drag and drop and write the text. And you can also uh, interact with other freelancers, with other designers. So it's really cool on that in that way too. And you can just send the link to the jobs that you are applying for, you can put it on your social media and then you have a portfolio up and running and you can start getting clients, which is the the most important part for you to be able to have a profit. Um, and then you can create your website uh, at your own pace. If you have, uh, have the skill to, if you think you are tech-savvy enough to create a website for yourself like really quickly, then you can start with WordPress and Elementor like I did, or you can use any other platform. There are a lot of platforms that are really easy to, to use, but usually they are paid. So if you have that money to invest beforehand, then go for it. It's the best thing that you can do. But if you don't, and if you don't want to invest uh, a lot in the beginning, then you can go with Behance or you can go with WordPress plus Elementor. That's my recommendation because that's also what I what I used. And you can find tutorials on how to build portfolios with WordPress and Elementor anywhere on YouTube and Google and like anywhere on the internet. So I'm not going to go into that. The second question I had was what are the main things to include in a design portfolio? So I'm going to talk about the projects themselves later in the podcast because that's the main part. And I'm going to, for now, uh, tell you what I think you should include there besides of the project. And this applies to your website or to the Behance profile or any other profile in a, in a platform that is already built for portfolios. The first thing, and this is kind of obvious, but I think I should mention it anyway, it's your name, so people know who they are talking to, and a good profile picture. And what do I mean by a good profile picture? It doesn't have to be you in a suit or in a blazer with a, a really professional quote-unquote pose. It just has to be like a, a picture that shows who you are clearly, like it shows your face clearly. Uh, you are the focus, so it has a simple background or like... You're designers, so you can just blur the background around you. Done. Um, and then it should have, like, you should have an, uh, how do I say it? Uh, an approachable expression, like that doesn't push people away, that uh, you look like a, a person who people can talk to, uh, like you are easygoing. Yeah. And 
just be yourself, like dress how you normally dress, uh, because people, I mean, there are people that will want someone that looks really professional, but there are people like me, for instance, that uh, don't really trust uh, people that dress really, really, really professional, like, like, like they are faking it. So uh, I like people that are creative and you can show that creativity in your clothing as well. So just be yourself. Don't worry too much about that. Just make it, just make sure that you appear on there and that your face is like big enough so people can see who you are and that you don't have a lot going on, going on in the background. Then you should have like a short description of what you do, especially if you are, especially if you are specializing in, in something uh, like me, I'm specializing in brand design. So I put that I'm a brand designer. I don't put graphic designer in there. I put brand designer because that's what I want to do. Um, who do you do it for? So I, in my case, I put, let me go check so I don't mess this up. Um, yeah, I have the short description in my website, like the first thing that appears. Brand design for entrepreneurs who believe in purpose-driven innovation. So I I made it very specific who I work for. It doesn't mean I don't work for other people, but this is who I... These are my ideal clients, so I speak directly to them. Uh, I could have put only entrepreneurs. That's already niching down a little bit. But I chose to put... Um, purpose-driven and innovation so that I target the people that I really like to work with. And I'm actually in the rebranding process. So maybe when you go check to my website, when you listen to this, it isn't going to be this that is written there. Because uh, yeah, this week I'm taking a break from client work so I can reformulate all my communication and my branding and also this podcast branding because I don't want to speak only about UX design. I am not only a UX designer. I think I want to steer this more towards um, creative entrepreneurial podcasts, something like that. But yeah, I'm still in the process, so I'm not going to give you any spoilers that maybe they wouldn't be spoilers because then I will change my mind. So anyway... Let's continue. So you should, in your short description, you should say what you do, what you do it for, and also what makes you different from the other designers that do the same thing. And that is what I don't have in my short description. And I don't have almost at all in the whole website. I have a what makes me different section, um, but it's not really specific. Uh, I have some things here. I say that I collaborate with you every step of the way. So I, I don't just like deliver the work. It's a collaboration process. I completely immerse myself in your business and dive deep on what you want to communicate as a brand. Um, and all deliverables are tailored to your specific needs. So I don't give deliverables just because design school says that I should give that deliverable or a course says or or everyone says no I want to know the the specific needs of that client and I tailor all the deliverables to them so that's what makes me different I guess this isn't fully how I want it to be I'm going to work on this still uh, which also it's this podcast episode came in uh, a good time because this made me 
think about what makes a good portfolio and what I what I can improve in mine. So this came at a really good time, and this is something that I I should improve in mine. Uh, make it very clear what makes me different from other designers. Then a very important thing: testimonials. In your website, it's very easy to add a testimonial. I have my testimonials in the, at the end of the, the portfolio projects. If you have a Behance or something like that, you can and should at the end of the project add like a little separator line or something. I mean, you're, you're a designer, you should know what to do. <laughs> um, and then add a testimonial below. You can do it in every platform, I think, because you, you just have to put an image and text. So pretty easy and it makes such a big difference because the... The potential client sees the all the project, how you presented it, and then at the end he sees that oh, this actually make made a difference in someone else's business, and it's social proof. So it makes people trust you a lot more to have testimonials. Then you should also have um, a straightforward way to contact you. So on Behance, I'm not sure how it is right now, but I think you can. Put there your email and also your social media uh, and maybe in your in your description make it very clear at the end if you want to to speak about your your project or you have something that you would like to uh, my help for then contact me through this make it very specific how the people should should contact you uh, in your website it's very easy to do that with a contact form at the end. Uh, and then also, I think you should include links to your social media and also to other projects that you have, even if it isn't design related, because it makes you it makes you more real. Like it it allows the potential client uh, to know more about you and to get to know you more, and therefore he or she will trust you more. And that's what you what you want with your portfolio is that people trust you enough of course by speaking with you that's when they will for sure uh, begin to trust you enough but the portfolio should already communicate trust to to the potential client so yeah this is what i think it should include besides the projects and of course it's only my opinion you should pick what you what you think makes sense and what you think doesn't make sense you can throw in the trash and now for the main part which are the projects. First, a question that I get a lot and that I see a lot online. How many projects should I have in my portfolio? When a person that is already working for, has already been working for some time as a freelance designer asks this question, it's a, it's a valid question. But when you are just starting out, uh, it isn't really that a valid that much of a valid question because if you are starting out you probably don't have that many good projects to put in there you know so it doesn't really make sense for you to be asking how many projects should you should you put there uh, you should only put in your portfolio projects that you are really proud of you shouldn't put projects there just to fill up your portfolio and i made this mistake when i started and then i got um I got people asking me, oh, I want you to do me a video like that one, or I want you to do me 
um, a logo like that one and I'm like but I don't like that logo I don't like that video I don't want to do you a, a similar video I want to do you a better one like uh, so yeah don't put anything in there that you are not proud of uh, my opinion is always quality over quantity in this case of building a portfolio in January when I when I started really Uh, dedicating myself to my freelance and managed to when I started to really dedicate myself and then ended up last month having uh, enough income to live with it I had three projects in my portfolio at that time I had a lot more projects that I could have put in there because I've been doing this for two years but I didn't want to put the other projects in there because I wasn't really proud of them and also it didn't fit the, the kind of work that I wanted to be doing So I want to be doing brand design by choice right now. Doesn't mean I want to do uh, other stuff in the future, but I wanted to be known by that. So I put the three brand identity projects that I had that I was proud of. That was it. And that got me clients on Upwork. Uh, now I am, add, I am adding two more there. One I already added. I'm adding one more that I did Uh, so they are five in total and I think the most that I will go is six because I also don't want the potential clients to look at them and be like oh she has a lot of work but they then don't know where to click and maybe they will click the worst one and then they won't have the the impression that I would that they would if they would have clicked the be the better ones so I what I'm going to do is I'm going to always curate them So there are around six of them in my portfolio when clients can just click on them and I'm sure that they will be looking at the, the best ones and the ones that I that represent the work that I want to do the most so that I attract that type of clients. So I think three projects are enough for you to start out and if you don't have that many projects that you are proud of to start, then you have some options. You can make something for fun, like make a, make a made-up project. Um, you can make something for friends or for family. If they, if someone in your in your friend circle or your family needs uh, some design work, you can do it for them for free. Or you can make something for a non-profit also for free. You could also do some discounted work, but I think that for you to be able to get work, even if it's discounted, I think three projects in the portfolio is a, is a nice way to start. I think less than that, it uh, raises up some red flags. And then, how should you present your projects? This is the, the last big question. There isn't a right or wrong answer for this. Um, but there are some things that you should uh, take into account. And the first one is what is your goal with this portfolio? I've been talking about freelancing, but you can also be listening to this podcast and want to get a job at a company. And that is very different from getting freelance clients. Clients only care about how you can help them and help the, their business. That's all they care about. Uh, while employers are more worried about how you're going to work on their team, uh, how your process is going to fit with them, especially if it's a designer hiring you. He will be uh, aware of many more details about your process and about how 
you make decisions than a client will. So have that in mind while while creating it so you can better choose the the images that you show and also the the words that you use when writing. Uh, if you are looking for freelance clients, then you shouldn't use design jargon, you know, you shouldn't use difficult words uh, they, they, that they wouldn't understand, that only designers would understand. But if you are applying for a job where you know that because it's a big company, you are going to be interviewed by a designer and the designer is going to be looking at your portfolio, then you can use and should, uh, I even dare to say, design-related words, uh, like design jargon. It's You can use it because the person on the other side will understand. Then the one of the biggest tips that I have for you is to choose a template for how you present your project. Don't um, you you may have this temptation, and I I did that too, uh, of presenting each project differently uh, according to that specific project vibe and feeling. You know, you can have that creative instinct of wanting to make each of the projects uh, a really cool presentation, present it in a really cool way and appropriate way for that specific project because you are a creative, I'm a creative, I know we want to do everything as creatively as possible. But choosing a specific way of organizing your projects will save you a lot of time and will make the, the barrier of entry to updating your portfolio which is something that it's fucking hard to remember to do uh, and to like make ourselves do. It's the task that always gets delayed. I know, I know how it is. So if you lower that barrier for entry, then you will update your portfolio more often. <laughs> um, because if you have a template, uh, for instance, in my website, I just copy and paste everything from one page to the other and then I just change text and the images and everything stays the same. So it's really easy for me to add another project uh, to the portfolio. Really, really easy. And then it also makes your portfolio consistent and look more professional. That way, when, when potential clients are scrolling through your work, after they, they see one of your projects, they go to the next one and everything seems familiar. It's organized the same way. And they're like, oh, okay, this is the process that they use. And it's always uh, kind of consistent, so it must work. And they gain trust in the process. At least that's how I, how I see it and what I imagine goes in their head. I, I'm not really sure, you know. Uh, but the saving time and effort, it's, it's crucial. Because the last, the last thing you want is to put those three projects on your portfolio and then you get some work, better work, and you don't update your portfolio for one year. You don't want that. Create templates. Uh, save yourselves time, effort and headaches and make the entry barrier for updating your portfolio lower. The next tip is something that I need to work on because I recently saw how my portfolio uh, looks like on mobile and it has so much text <laughs> I really need to be able to summarize that a little bit um, so the tip is make it digestible but also don't be afraid to use text I'm not going to get rid of text uh, like for real I'm just going to try to summarize it a little bit more 
because clients are usually not as visual persons as us uh, or else they wouldn't be hiring us, you know. So words will help explain why your solution works and how it helped your client. If you are uh, applying for a, for a corporate position where a designer is going to look at your portfolio, then it's less critical that you, <laughs> that you use text and not only images, but you should use some text anyway. So you can explain your process and what went behind your decisions. But with clients, it's really important because they won't know, like they will look at a, a logo that you did and they won't know what what's behind it. Uh, and they will just like, okay, it's pretty, but like, I don't know what, what the context is. I don't know how this will help me. So using words to explain your process and why you did what you did, it's really important. But it's also important to summarize all that so it's really digestible and doesn't bore people and also they also want to see beautiful designs of course so uh, and well formatted text like with bullet points titles and all of that make it beautiful but don't be afraid to use text to explain what you why you why you did what you did and going into the that beautiful designs part use mockups it's it's mandatory, okay? <laughs> that is the only the only thing here that I can say it's mandatory. You can't have a, a design portfolio without mockups. Don't just place your logo there. Don't just place uh like the the image of the flyer like ready to print there. Don't do that, please. <laughs> you can do much more to to show your work like it will appear on real life and that is what is going to make your projects look really professionally done it's showing them how they will appear in real life because your clients or your potential clients don't have the imagination that you have <laughs> you may be able to look at your designs and and even look at other designers designs and imagine it in a lot of different supports but your potential clients won't be able to do that uh, like 90% of them won't be able to do that. So make it easy for them. Place your place your designs in in mockups in the situations in the situations that they will they will appear in real life. If you have your project in use by the client that you did it for, then include a link to that uh, in in your project. Or if you did, for instance, a design on Figma, a website design. Include that, that Figma link, the viewer access, in the portfolio too, so that they can see see it more. That way you don't have to do a lot of mockups. You just send the link and they will see that in a really pretty phone and can interact with it and it makes it so much cooler uh, and so much more professional, you know. Um, and if you if your client is already using your logo or using your social media content, place links for those too because that way they they will see that it is a true project and they will associate the testimonial that is going to be at the end with that client and with that work that is in use. So that is very important. And I need to place a Figma file link on one of my projects. I just realized now. <laughs> Uh, so this this episode is going to be great for me for me too, like I already said. 
the last uh, thing here that I want to go over is explain the whole process. No, don't show only the final result. I know it can be tempting to erase all of the back and forth that you went through to, to get to, to the final result, but don't. It's part of it and it will make uh, your, the, your potential clients trust you and trust your process. It is going to also validate your solutions. They will understand why you did what you did and why that solution is the best of them all. Yeah, I've learned over over the years and this is something, I don't know if it applies for any other design field, but at least in brand identity design, the hardest part is not creating the logo, is not creating the the perfect logo. The, the hardest part is convincing the client that that one logo is the perfect logo for them. That is the hard part and that is what will make you stand out from other brand designers. That's what's going to make your clients not ask for further reviews and not make the project take really long because they are not sure if that logo is the perfect logo for them and they want to have a logo that really communicates their message, you know? So convincing them of that is the the hardest and the most important part. And I think this applies to your portfolio as well. If you can convince the the person that is going to read your your project that that solution was the best solution to to get to in that project, then they will be much more impressed and they will trust you more because you will sound like you really know what you are talking about and hopefully you do. <laughs> um, another thing is to take your client through a journey and that creates a, more of an emotional connection with, with the project. They will understand what the background was, what were the, the difficulties that the client was dealing with and they maybe will relate to some of those struggles and they will view, view themselves in their place. And then you reach, you take them through the journey and then you reach the, the final result and then they see the testimonial and they'll see, wow, this really worked for that person. And because they may relate to those struggles that person had uh, with their business, then, then they will feel more of an emotional connection and people buy because of emotions. They don't buy rationally. Uh, that's like sales 101. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to do an overhaul to my portfolio this week and maybe you can also join me and do, and do an overhaul on yours. And yeah, the most important thing is to put it out there. Um, you can choose to follow one, all or anything in between of my tips. And I'll leave the link to my own portfolio in the episode description so you can go check it out if you want. But bear in mind that it's going through some some changes and you can do much better than, than it. For me, it's much more important to have it out there and to have something uh, done than to have it perfect. So it is not perfect. Um, and in the description, you can also find a link to my newsletter. I send weekly emails with updates and tips that didn't make it to the podcast because they don't fit the, the week theme. Uh, and I also send more freelance lifestyle content and also frequently rant about random and sometimes funny stuff that happened to me in the week that maybe you will relate to. So if you are interested in that kind of content, you can go subscribe in the podcast description. 
and talk next week bye bye